0: The best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby.
1: How how would you argue if Johnny Sexton was to go and win a World Cup with Ireland and lead them to it, that he wouldn't be
0: the greatest? Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor. With exfoliating bar. It was so unexpected You had to be there Covering Celtic at that time Was a brilliant thing The atmosphere at Parkhead Was always great You had to be there Nobody ever talks about this game Nobody saw it No, you had to be there So this is the latest episode Of You Had to Be There And I'm delighted to say Rory O'Connor Rugby journalist With the Irish Independent Is with us Rory, I'm I'm, um, I'm A little bit shocked There's no bohemians on this
1: Yeah, yeah Well, Colin kind of did say You know, your, your best five rugby moments And I haven't gone all five uh, rugby um, I'm pretty blessed I think that like my dad took me to everything when I was a kid so I've been at incredible sporting events and I know this isn't about the event or the, the kind of the moment but it's about an individual's performance within that so I kind of stuck to some professional kind of you know four of my picks were games I covered as, as a journalist and then the fifth is a game that I attended as a kid Um yeah, I was trying to think of an individual Bose one, or even a Dublin one, because you know I've been at most of Dublin's all Ireland wins and stuff like that, and I couldn't. Partly, part it's my just really bad memory of yeah, actually I, picking I, out individual yeah. performances in games and going, "God, what was I at that?" Um, and, and part of it was, you know, just I, I suppose I probably pay attention more when I'm working on a game, so things stand out more. So partly, kind of trying to be professional and picking four rugby ones and. Partly the fact that I, yeah, individual performance for both. I remember great moments, I remember great games, but actually picking out one player who dominated the game in the way that these five examples are uh, is probably tricky enough it's probably when you're a
2: sports journalist as well you've been to so many games and so many different codes that it's kind of like Woodstock you're like was I was I at that game
1: <laughs> yeah well it's also I played rugby for about 15 years and probably drank a lot more than I should as well so I think my brain cells have turned to mush so it's actually, and I think I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way but I've, maybe it's the amount of sport we watch as well but like everything kind of blurs blur into one And my, like, my first pick is a goal in 1996 in, in a Premier League game in a time where a good goal like lived for a whole season whereas now a good goal barely lasts a weekend yeah. so I think everything's kind of mushed into one and I do play ratings for Mondays in though after international games and I think that actually forces me to go back and watch the game through the prism of performance and that probably is the reason I remember individual performances
0: and also I also have to come in here and talk about it and you know, write you about it all notes. week yeah, I actually,
1: yeah, yeah. maybe I should start just
0: taking notes that's where I need to start <laughs> um, but the, like, the fact you do take notes on, on matches means that you probably have better recall of them um, so let's start the right case. Yeah. Georgie Concladsey Man City versus Southampton on the 16th of March 1996 What's yeah. special about this? Well, the
1: goal, I think. And again, the, I, I probably misread Colm, the producer's text when he first said it. And I was thinking about moments or kind of uh, things you're at. And like, I randomly found myself in Main Road
0: in 19, March we, we all thought it was just moments. Don't worry. But yeah,
1: yeah, well, I did yeah. initially. And then I <laughs> uh, I missed it. But I, I kind of wanted to keep this one. Because partly because I don't think there's many people who are going to come in and say there were. They, there's not many people who can say they were there on the day that Georginio Klage scored one of the great Premier League goals. Um, and once I then had to talk about it I've got a bit looking at it a lot this morning and kind of what happened on, on the day and he did like you know the highlights are pretty much all say. but for some reason sorry the, the reason is my dad I was a Liverpool fan when I was a kid my dad was a Chelsea fan Liverpool were playing Chelsea in Anfield and we picked this as like, my first game to go to like i have been obsessed with Liverpool as a kid um, we booked the I can't remember it was a ferry or flights but we went to we went, stayed in Chester but we couldn't get tickets for Liverpool and like, we were trying we, were at the, we went to Anfield the day before went to the shop you know begged them for tickets but we couldn't get tickets for this game I think it was the day Patrick Berger scored three goals okay. against Chelsea I may be wrong about that but um, so we were, like, we, were like, we were in England anyway and Manchester's not that far away and City were playing in Southampton. so my dad said no problem, will we go to this? to this no yeah. problem absolutely none this the year City got relegated so we uh, drove the main road that morning picked up a couple of tickets at the box office Went along. I was think I was wearing my Liverpool away kit underneath my Liverpool. I had all David James's goalkeeper jerseys, and I had to. And my dad was like, "We're going into the city because it's outside Main Road." I think it's obviously all changed now at the Eddie had and the Glitz. And City was a very different place. They kind of had a working men's club outside where we went for a drink beforehand. And Dad was like, "Make sure you zip up your coat because you know they're not going to like the fact you are wearing Liverpool kit." But they were really welcoming, and you know, once you realised they were really friendly, kind of told them the story. They kind of laughed about it. We went in. The atmosphere was great. The match was terrible it was like I've been watching highlights this morning it was classic 90s mid um, mid-winter, well spring but like the pitch had shown were showing the effect of mid-win- yeah. mid-winter and um, this guy and again like I wasn't a City fan while I was obsessed with football you know I knew a, a, a number of the characters on the pitch like Dave Besson was in goal for Southampton Ken Moncow that kind of team Letizia was playing up front for them but I don't remember him doing an awful lot and I don't remember a lot of details out of the game I was, I was 13 but this goal he scored the first goal which was a tap in following in again I don't remember this I watched this on YouTube this morning to refresh my memory but he scores the first goal but this guy was just so much better than everyone else on the pitch Yeah. and the second goal he actually didn't win goal of the season that season uh, Tony Yeboah won goal of the season oh, right. for the year yeah, which in fairness was a was a pretty good goal but I think this one's better Um I, I, I think certainly people at our vintage will remember the goal he picks up the ball outside the box and he, like this is before Messi you know, it was esque, I suppose at the time he just leaves three Southampton defenders for dead without seeming to do an awful lot goes in and then he just stops and Besson moves first he tricks Besson into it. and again Messi made this his stock and trade but at the time it was just this incredible um, just an incredible goal and he just dinks it over him and nonchalantly runs away and um, you come to a game, like it's, this kind of, you know, it's the any given Sunday thing. You know, anything can happen on any given Saturday. If you go to a stadium, yeah. you, know, you go to a film, you, you know what to expect. You go to a stadium, it might be the two worst teams in the world, but someone can do something magic and that, that transcended the day. You know, it's something I'll always remember of, yeah. of a day that I don't really remember
0: enough awful lot from. And then you're hooked for life. That's it. You're a football fan,
1: like yeah. I was already pretty hooked at that stage, and I, you know, I City went down, and I, you know, I, I pretty much detest them now because of what they've become. But I'll always like. I really, I, I always kind of had a soft spot for them after that day because of the main road experience and the friendliness of the people, and because we saw something special. Um, I suppose I actually had forgotten when I picked my picks. We went back to Liverpool the following year and saw them beat Middlesbrough 5-1 and Robbie Fowler scored four goals that day. So that was Bang. pretty good. Actually Collymore was better. Right. I think he set up all four of the five right. on the day. That was a pretty good um individual performance as well, but I'd already sent of, my text. That's
0: the season of the 4-3, is it?
1: I think it would have been, yeah, yeah. yeah when like I remember think, being frustrated by Collie Moore watching him on TV, and then you saw him in person. And I was like, oh my god, this, this guy is yeah. absolutely phenomenal. And obviously, Fowler scored four goals, so that was a, a contender for my, my my list. I suppose it's funny that like those memories of going to matches with your well, a lot of times
2: with your dad or your brother or whatever, and the smoky, as you say, working clubs and and, and like bars before games, and like there's something about that environment, especially back in the nineties and the noughties, where you, you just never forget those moments. That you kind of Almost brings together your relationship with your dad in some ways, yeah. where you're like, "This is something I will never forget." Those games.
1: Yeah, I think for a lot of people, that that rings true. And my dad, I, I, I presume, it was just never to have a kid myself. It was getting us out of the house, but we used to pack up every weekend. We used to go to the Leinster Club Championship games across the the, the province. We used to, I've been to Ulster finals. I've been to Munster Championship games. You know. We just used to go to matches. We used to go to all Dublin's home league, league and away game, home and away league games. We go to Bowes, home and away. You know, it was just something we did. We went to matches, and um, you know, I don't know how much he's much spent on tickets over the years because we went to all the Ireland soccer games as well. So I've been at some amazing things. Tickets um, were
0: ridiculous at that stage. No, they weren't. They you weren't. I've seen the
1: prices for the autumn internationals that are coming up, and you are like, God, how do you, how do you afford to bring your family? To you can. You know, it's it's a diff- it's a and different
0: beast. I think the sport doesn't understand that. Like, you don't hook the the 8, 910 year olds if they're not at the games because watching on TV it's not the same.
1: Yeah, and even like the idea I mean Liverpool-Chelsea was sold out that's what I was going to but you could turn up at Main Road I don't know how many I haven't tried to go to a Premier League game for a long time but I don't know how easy it is to turn up at say Brentford or something and pick up a ticket maybe it's better it's easier than, than I think it is but it's um, it was like simpler times simpler times less, you know. Am
2: I right in saying City were relegated from the Premier League? They were World? yeah Niall
1: Quinn came off the bench that day I think that was the year they went they went to the corner in the final game of the season when the, the bad information was coming through <laughs> um, it wasn't a memorable City team like you look at the list of players Uwe Rosler was up front um, but yeah. Kinkadze was kind of the, like even now there's, there's articles produced about how he was the shining light in this yeah. dark period and like he, I just looked at He has a Twitter account. He hasn't used it since 2018, but he's clearly hitched himself to the, uh, you know, um, ambassador bandwagon. He's still remembered, and because they've so few great players that they can Any go back this. to, yeah. yeah, until the current generation retires, there's a, he's one of the lads making a, making a bit of coin off it. But why wouldn't he? Like, he's, he was a. I got, I didn't realise, he played at Bucket Juniors as a teenager. Did he? He was from Georgia, he ended up at Bucket Juniors. He then, he he apparently announced himself onto the world, he he scored, um, I I think it was a hat-trick in a 5-0 win over Wales, where he lobbed Neville Southall from the edge of the box, like an absolute wonder strike. City apparently had already been watching him, they brought him in, it was part of that vanguard of of first overseas players, non-Irish or British players to come to the Premier League, it was a pretty exciting time and... um, yeah, although it's like you know, it's just a moment. Like it's just this incredible goal, and I think even now, sated on all of, as we are by the goals that we see on a weekly basis. Um, it was just an incredible, incredible finish. And again, looking at the highlights, site, it vindicated my choice because he does basically
0: everything the city do well in the game. We even, even found brilliant. a picture of him with a black armband for the week that's in it oh, <laughs> Absolutely fitting. <laughs> <laughs> Figure who that's for. Um, okay, uh, Rob Kearney, the Lions versus South Africa, June twenty fourth, two thousand and nine yeah this was one i so i
1: I quit a job in a bank and became a journalist and went on this tour as my first assignment as a freelance um I was gone anyway as a fan and I said and Dan McDonald who's a good friend of mine, suggested why don 't you try and pick up a bit of work and I did so I was in Loftus Versfeld on the second test, um having covered the full tour, but also had a group of mates kind of that I could go to in in between games and was having a great time but uh Again, you pick these things and you go. God, was it as good as uh, as I thought it was? And I went back and like, there's a hopefully there's a YouTube video. It's like Rob Kearney' greatest lines performance of all time, and it's just all his little moments in the game. And um, it's a, any excuse. I know you had this on your Classic Games Club um, with Brian O'Driscoll, um, who apart, until he got knocked out by his own bravery, you know, trying to tackle Danny Russo, and you know, that he not the boat got knocked out? Um, played a major part in this game and a lot of players played really well because it's one of the greatest games of rugby of all time it's the most brutal game it's, seen, it's still seen as the most brutal game of all time but Carney kind of rose above he that's, he was helped I think just watching the clips of, like Ruan Pinar started at 10 for the box that day and their kicking strategy was to kick along to Rob Kearney which maybe shows that they didn't do a lot of research um, he had come into the tour he'd missed I think he was on the bench for the, Ch- the dining Cup final Leinster's first win he'd had mumps I mean, one, one of the highlights of the tour from a media point of view was um Hugh Faraday from Nindo, I think it was, asking a young Rob Kearney, who was uh, who, who was a good-looking chap around UCD at the time, how do you contract mumps? <laughs> and the entire <laughs> press back giggling away and Kearney trying to keep a straight face. But he had mumps and it interrupted the season and he came in, I think, behind Lee Byrne. Lee Byrne started the first test and Lee Byrne was just on, on top of his game. He, and, and the Welch, I think, always have a head start in these things. But Kearney, Byrne got injured. Kearney came on and helped change that first test. But the second test, he was just magnificent and you know again I, Conor Murray's one of my picks later on he's one of the, as these players get older and probably become more conservative and have injuries and things they become almost people want to get them out of the team but when you look at how good Kearney was at that time in his career in 09 he was phenomenal he scores a try he wins everything in the air he runs it back with venom he causes the Springboks all sorts of problems and it, you know he was brilliant in Chicago when Ireland beat New Zealand in 2016. But I think that was um, the day he will probably look back on. Maybe you know, I'm speaking for him. I don't know. But you know that that was the day that everything clicked for him. And, and in, it, in a defeated team, he was
0: just magnificent. It showed that he was world class. Yeah, and that's you know it's very rare that we we don't get that many world class performances from Irish players, particularly in a moment of crisis. Sure, yeah, and it,
1: it's hard to dominate a game, rugby. It's hard when there's 30 players on the pitch and it's such a cohesive game to shine so bright and that's one of the challenges I had with this was you know I wasn't there when I just scored his Hattrick in, in 2000 that obviously if I was that was that would be there I wasn't in New Zealand last summer or last summer so I'm sure there would be individual performances from that um, I wasn't in north at Northampton Leinster and you know Sexton would clearly be there if, if I was but um these are games that I was actually at and and I just I, even you again, you go back and you watch it just to justify it. And Stuart Barnes was just like this guy; everything he touches turns to gold. It was uh, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal performance. In a like, I can't explain how ferocious Loftus first felt was that day. It was, <laughs> I mean, Chuck Berger got so carried away he gouged Luke Fitzgerald in the first minute. It was hot and heavy. It was dirty. It was intense. It was everything a lines test. Can be when when things get heavy, and he just a bit like Boden Barrett against Ireland in 2013, not 2013, 2016, when everyone was beating the crap out of each other, and he scored. He just waltzed through gaps and just yeah. played a different sport to everyone else. That's one that could have made my list. Um, Kearney was magnificent that day.
2: I've forgotten the half time score as well. 16-8 to the Lions. Like you forget, you nearly forget because they lost the oh, game I ultimately. It. Like it, the game
1: was. Oh, they had them won. at arm's length the whole the the, the whole. First hour, and it is before the bomb squad. The South Africans unloaded their bench. Lions lost both their starting props. They lost the Driscoll all to injuries. And like it was a bloodbath. Apparently, the dressing room afterwards. I was in the team hotel that night because we ended up having dinner in the team hotel. And like there was a group going out, but it was a small group. The right, there was just walking wounded everywhere. Lads knew their chores were over. It was it was grim, um, and obviously the finish. Everything about it was so dramatic. The the drop goal, sorry, not the drop goal. The 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 kicking the. Kick in, the actually just before the infamous which Ronald won't thank me for bringing up again but the infamous up and under which I think Tommy Bow didn't chase properly um, Kearney gets the ball in a similar situation and actually kicks an unbelievable kick he kicked a couple of what would be 50-22s now in the second half he had unbelievable composure when the game was getting away from the Lions he was still doing the right thing at the right times as others lost their heads around them it was um, it was an incredible incredible it, it, it match to be at the try from Jack Faurie was incredible and then the, the kick to win it was just and just what a moment! It's yeah. good that individual performances on losing teams aren't I forgot
2: Like he, I guess Shane Walsh this year in the All Ireland final is one that maybe over time people will realise. Okay, he lost the game, but was absolutely immaculate. Similarly for Carney, like maybe over the passage of time you remember the individual performances in losing games.
1: Sometimes they they actually live with me longer, and I've another one on this list that that will will come to. I'm sure, but I remember Jamie Heaslip, who was much maligned as an Ireland captain. He led Ireland in the 2015 quarter final against Argentina, and I thought. And a team that stank the joint out that day. He kept playing all day. 2019 quarter final against New Zealand. Peter Omani, who again I've been critical of over the years, he was the one who carried the fight to New Zealand over and over again. Even when everyone around them was losing their heads, he was the one who dragged Ireland. And Ireland were still in both of those games for a while. Through the force of will of those players. Sean O'Brien in 2013 when Ireland lost to New Zealand, like that, that was very close to making this list. He was magnificent that day and, and was, very, you know, these are players that are very unlucky to be on the losing side. So it is, I don't know, does it live with me more? But uh, yeah,
0: it's a strange one. The next one is Paul O'Connell, actually, and it is a game we lose. Um, this is March 15, 2015, Ireland against Wales. Um, Wales 23, Ireland 16. What was it about Paul O'Connell's performance that day? It was his 100 cap and he was the captain. And I'd say, just counting them down, he
1: probably played another five games for Ireland before his body gave up on him in that horrible moment when Pascal Pape hit him from the side in the same stadium. And again, I picked this and then I went back and watched it afterwards because I was like, God is your mind playing tricks on it and it was just the day that Paul O'Connell made a couple of line breaks and you remember those but it was a day where everything went against Ireland Um, they went 3-6-9-12 down because Wayne Barnes started policing the breakdown in a way that Ireland weren't expecting it was one of the days where Gatland got into Ireland's heads every power play they tried to play Wales were jockeying them off the ball they were making sure that the, whatever line Ireland were trying to run Wales were just basically upsetting them and it was the, one of the days where the Joe Schmidt system failed and Sexton had a bad day he missed a really kickable kick he um, put a restart straight in the touch he, at one stage Jamie Hisop throws the ball to him and he's not looking and hits him on the back of the head Right. it's just one of those days where everything's going against Ireland and midway through the first half you know that this is not going to be their day and they won their first three games in the Six Nations it's O'Connell's 100 cap if they win they have Scotland away to win a Grand Slam the following week and through his own force of will O'Connell drags them into the game and he um, there were the two standout moments or two line breaks one is off a sexton inside pass a camera had a second one materialises early in the second half but they are key, key moments in terms of just changing the momentum of the game at a time where it's gone. And Ireland end up camped they score a penalty they they go two scores down with about ten minutes to go and they score a penalty try through a mall, which O'Connell's obviously fundamentally part of. So their lineup goes to crap as well. Best throw starts going wobbly and, and all sorts of going wrong. And I don't know if Paul O'Connell looks back in this performance with any great fondness. Um but it's one of those captain's days where you can see his influence in the team and if you I flicked through it last night just to try and validify my own choice he's everywhere he's just I don't know is it because he stands out because he's he's tall, bald and he looks really much older than all the other players on the pitch it's weird but he's everywhere his energy levels for a guy of his you know the amount of miles under the clock were incredible the, the condition he was in and they're on the Welsh line they lose a line out Sam War- Warburton of all people who won Man in a Match on the day he was brilliant as well picks them off and they get another line out and they maul all the way to the Welsh line and the Welsh pull it down and Wayne Barnes doesn't give the try and it should have been a draw if Sexton, kicks the- oh no, if Sexton was gone I think Madigan would have had to kick the conversion to draw it but O'Connell was just the fulcrum of all of that good work it was an incredible individual performance in the feet and
0: I didn't realise that. They- so it should have been a draw right yeah at the time you would have read because we would have been
1: talking about it all week okay. and it, like you know Schmidt went mad about it but they had a better chance two minutes beforehand and, and their line out the, the throw went was picked off by Warburton so again there was things in their own control there was another moment earlier in the game where they had the ball at the base of a rook and they had a five man overlap and they went they went tight it was all these things that, that 25-15 Joe Schmidt team was quite conservative Yeah, and uh, you know at times they opened up you know Chicago we're going to talk about later they opened up but at that time they were quite conservative they were still it was life after Darcy O'Driscoll it was Henshaw and Payne in their first season they were still finding their way and they won the Six Nations that year they went and won it the following week but it should have been a Grand Slam because it was one of those magnificent Ireland-Wales bloody blood and thunder Welsh defensive efforts Scotland gets one over Schmidt you know in in the cauldron it, it was a tale as old as time but he tried to change the narrative. He, he failed, but he did everything he physically could to do it. It's
2: funny you're talking about Ireland being camped in there um, in the Welsh half. Like Reading the match report here, Conall, a break from Paul O'Connell's sport, a lengthy 32-phase period of pressure. Yeah. Ireland 15-9 down at that point. Yeah. And obviously and Wales held out.
1: And Wales... Well, they held out by conceding a penalty, yeah, and then they got another ten or eleven phases in which time they had the, basically the keen he has the ball in his hands and there are just green jerseys outside him, and he picks and goes and at the time, it was a big talking point that Ireland were just not able to have any vision in the twenty two and she made hated that criticism and it was a big thing at the time and th- Ireland struggled in Cardiff under Joe uh, in those big Six Nations games and it was, like, it's a difficult place to go it was a great Welsh team you look at the names in that Welsh pack and yeah. like, in fairness if, if we were on a Welsh show now we'd be talking about the incredible defensive effort yeah. but Ireland should have lost that game by 20, 30 points if it wasn't for I believe
0: O'Connell there's also uh, Gatland was an evil genius which oh, we, we we refuse to accept that in Ireland because you know uh, it's like it was always against us. His his most evil deeds were. Um, I think the English would say that you know he was able to pull a few stro- uh, things with, uh, against them as
1: well. But he did. He had a great capacity to get under Schmidt's skin. Yeah, we should, should kind of love man. Warren Gatlin for what he's. Like. I think in time, you know, yeah. I, I think the place is duller without him. Oh, you know? he, was, he was a worthy adversary. Like he he raised yeah. the standards with a great backstory, as all great you know great villains should have. So yeah. it's uh, no, it made it all this big, all, all the more. Kind of every Welsh game at that time especially over here, because they weren't never that great in Dublin no, when Cardiff, and reason. it's such a great place to watch a match Wayne yeah. Barnes
2: was definitely another villain that day you mentioned his name like O'Connell's quotes afterwards he says we gave ourselves a lot to do early in the game with some of the penalties given away and the referee's interpretation which was a polite way of saying Wayne Barnes yeah <laughs> it, well up.
1: he just policed them in a way that they hadn't been policed all season and I presume they were briefed before beforehand, but they didn't adapt at all and they found themselves I think they went fifteen three down. Uh, Lee Halfpenny kicked kicked all the points, and then they were chasing. And Ireland weren't good at chasing at that time. But because O'Connell was on the f- pitch, it gave them a chance.
0: Wasn't there a stat that we hadn't ever won a game from behind for a long period of time? It was like One a like twenty five yeah, game yeah. runner. We
1: were very good at getting ahead, though. You know, Ireland were under Schmidt. Like it, that was his template. Was the, that was the three six nine then score a try? But that was his template, and yeah. Gatland almost used it against him and it was so smart. Like you look at, the, you can see them setting up for these plays, and the welcher like barreling them in off the ball. And you could see Joe going mad up in the. In the Coaching, coaching box, but he had a captain on the pitch who was like we all know. Again, you're talking about a player who was a second row. Second rows, I know I have two on this list, but it's hard for a second row to stand out in a game, particularly a hard working second row like that. But you know, I would say it was one of his signature performances, even though it was in defeat.
0: All right, Conor Murray's next, and this is Ireland versus New Zealand the win <laughs> 2016. This is uh, Soldier Field, right? Soldier Field,
1: yeah, a, a game that seems to have like I just constantly hear people diminishing it as a as a thing I think possibly because it wasn't on free-to-air TV in Ireland and a lot of people didn't see it it was late at night and because it was a weakened all-back team not because of selection issues but because um, they had injuries it was in Chicago there was an AIG gig and they're sponsored by AIG and they had to do a couple of commercial things but I interviewed the captain the day before the game he turned up at a big kind of um, corporate things so Kieran Reid Malky Fakatoa and Ryan Croddy were at a, an AIG gig the day before the game which would be very unusual so yeah maybe their eyes were taken off the ball but again watching it back last night like they they didn't want to lose that game it's not as if they gave, they handed Ireland an easy first win after a hundred odd years No. Um, and Murray's performance within that was phenomenal I think it's I don't know how many times I've done it I should probably keep a record of these things but I gave him 10 out of 10 in, in the Monday's paper Um and again, you go back in your are You know, did I get carried away by the excitement of it all? <laughs> and I watched it. I flicked through it last night, and you know, you forget that Johnny Sexton went off twenty minutes to go, and Joey Carby comes on for his debut. So Murray's basically playing with a newbie beside him, and he guides him through it so well. He scores a magnificent try in the first half. His again it's a reminder of how good he was because he's in that Rob Kearney bracket now of people wishing him out of the team and you've got Craig Casey you've got other players coming along Gibson Park's knocked him out of the team so he's he's hanging on in there he's a veteran now and people don't see him as a fashionable um, option and he's still a very good player although you know he could speed things up and maybe you could do it watching what he was like in 2016 and trying to get back to that level because he was able to do it all back then he was up against Aaron Smith who I think everyone saw as the best player, best scrum half in the world at the time, Smith had been through a bit of a, a crisis. He'd been caught in the bathroom in in and on All Blacks duty, and it had been on the front pages of all the papers. And his status had been diminished a little bit, and he wasn't as good as he bec- he was before. And he became afterwards, but like Murray dominated him from start to finish. His try is just a moment of brilliant opportunism. He actually steps inside Smith to score it, um, and he just looks imperious. He looks so. At ease with himself across the eighty minutes, and at the end, after kind of hand holding Carbery through his debut and and taking over the kicking for some of the things, he kicks a goal to put Ireland as the All backs storm back. You know, as everyone says, everyone here seems it to remember, here yeah. it comes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Everyone seems to remember this is an easy day for Ireland. That you oh. know, they they came back really strong, and and I actually rewritten my match report to say Ireland blow chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, I two beside each other ready to use one. Cause, yeah, yeah, that's what that's what you have to do. And Murray kicks a penalty. And then when when they move left off that scrum, Zebo kicks ahead, um Sivea and Fekatoa um do an interchange in their own in their own behind their own line, it's Murray who chases the kick. He he passes off the right hand scrum, they go up the left, and it's Murray who nails uh, Julian Savea behind his own line with an unbelievable tackle that forces the scrum then and he gives the pass to Robbie Henshot to score the try to break that, that breaks the game a hundred years of history yeah. and wins the game. And while the narrative has changed since and Ireland have beaten them four times since or three times no four times since in probably six games you had to win. You had to win the first one. That was the most important one to win. And, and I think Chicago s- shouldn't be diminished. And certainly Murray's performance within that was phenomenal. The geography adds to it, like Soldier Field, Chicago. Obviously, it, it's going to live for me it's and Jared. Does because we were there. Yeah, I think really, yeah. for some people, it, it, like it was obviously big, but like genuinely, it was on air. And and a lot of people didn't have air at the time. If you had Virgin, you couldn't watch air. And and it was on late at night, so yeah. it didn't have the same. The, the 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 I don't know what the word is that that transcendent. Experience that you have watching something on on either version or or RTE because it's free and it's there. So I do think, but like. As like it was amazing. It was Soldier Field, and it was iconic. Like I, I, it was you know it was the closest thing to Italian, or sorry uh, to World Cup '94 I think that we that I ever got because I never I didn't get there. So you're right. Like as a venue, it was amazing. Good night out, lads, in
0: Chicago that night. Pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I had a great week. That night I was working uh, like, cause suddenly I went from like having a match report and a few bits to do to a twelve page pull out for the following Monday. But the week was was fun. I remember a steak dinner there at one stage. Oh because uh, yeah, the, club's, steakhouse the Cubs cut The Cubs won the World Series. Yeah. I went to see the Bears in the Monday. It was oh, an incredible yes, week, right. so I mean, we 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 uh, we had a good time. But yeah, that night, yeah, work took over that night.
0: Well, I wasn't quite able to celebrate it, but I'm sure everyone else did. We did. We did. <laughs> I, lost, I lost a coat and keys that night. Um, uh, I still follow Chicago Cut Steakhouse on Instagram. They're a very good follow and um, very nice people. An excellent there. restaurant. Yeah, we recommend. The sides Finally. are amazing. Yes. Um, the players were staying in Trumps. Um, hotel, which has like a giant emblazoned gold Trump, it's on a, a a massive skyscraper, and it was the weekend before before the election, and I just had this terrible feeling. I remember like uh, this isn't going to be this straightforward. Cause Hillary was ten points ahead at that. Yeah,
1: stage. I like because I stayed on an extra day afterwards so I stay I think I didn't fly till Tuesday so on the Monday everyone had left so the show so the, the previous week the Cubs won the World Series it was an incredible parade through the city All, like watching the Cubs win the World Series I, didn't, I don't care about baseball I don't, yeah. I don't. but suddenly I was a massive Cubs fan I remember when they, they, they won it I was like Can't roaring bandwagon
0: so it
1: a bit like the Queen's funeral in terms of crowds on the streets and we were watching nice. it from, I was watching it from, Trump, from Trump Tower with Rory Best going this is this is you on Monday back and like, like joking to him he was like I wish and like the We were watching it from above, from Trump Tower, where Ireland were doing our media. And it was just thronged. It was incredible. You're right. It was, it, I think there was something like six million on the streets or something. It was ridiculous, something yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. And then. They were breaking a curse that was 100 years old. Yeah. Just like, like us. And then. And then the Mayo of. Then of. The, the rugby show. Yeah. The, well, like, it, yeah, it even worse. Like, it's a lot longer than yeah. Mayo, you know? Um, and for a big franchise in a big city, like, it meant everything to them. So, yeah, the show left town on the Sunday, and I stayed on until the Monday, and I was doing an architecture tour on the boat through Chicago, and the weather was amazing that week It, it was. It, yeah. it was November in Chicago, but it was like sun shining and that night i got a taxi back to the airport and the woman was like i'm really worried trump's gonna win i was like oh really are you yeah because i mean back here it was all hillary's gonna win yeah this guy's not serious (laughs) and the following friday was the election i think and then the following sunday they were protesting outside trump tower in snow and like wow this is this is a metaphor you know this is (laughs) kind of this is a bit too on the nose really like you know the sun this is the last the last days of rome and it was uh yeah it was quite striking and I think the RFU probably regretted the fact that they stayed in Trump's hotel afterwards. But I think that it was an Irish connection. The manager was Irish or something. Right. They were well looked after and everything. It was, Yeah, it was... But they had options. Deep dish pizza. All the I'm food. I'm sure, yeah, everything. All the altar's yeah. all tried. Yeah. Uh, but
0: the architecture is stunning. Incredible place. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: I haven't been back. I did. Ireland played there in they played Italy a couple of years later and my, it was, my sister's wedding was on so I didn't make it but I'm hoping they'll do another I, I'm happy for these junkets to happen if, if I can get to go yeah. Yeah. the Chicago
2: yeah. Science Museum if anyone hasn't been obviously as a space geek I'm going to recommend that as well but yeah. the Museum of Science and Industry I think it is the Apollo 8 capsule the first uh, flight around the moon was is on display there so definitely check it out if you've you been there yeah I have been to Chicago but it was only for a few nights but I've been to that particular museum and it's uh, it's epic
0: okay. but the boat the voters are Amazing. It's incredible. Yeah. If anybody wants to bring us over to do the show, the AM show is actually the best show to bring over because <laughs> the evening show it doesn't really work from a time perspective. But well, we do, it's
1: is an anniversary of of uh, Chicago coming up soon. Like you know, manufacturer anyway. The sixth, the anniversary. sixth anniversary. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, We'll bring whatever. Connor Murray. You know, we'll, we'll remember the day. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so Maro
0: Toje is next.
1: Yeah, um, and I could have picked either of Maro Toje's performances in against New Zealand, either for the Lions in. July 2017 as I look at it or in that World Cup semi-final which I was at in Yokohama in 2019 two years later Um, I've never seen a player dominate a game like Maru Toge can do and when he's on it he is just magnificent he he just I don't know what it is about him but his force of personality his incredible athletic ability his skill set um, he just strikes fear in, op- in opponents that no one else can he's physically dominant he has a charisma that you can see from the stand <laughs> which is a really weird thing to say but you can you can hear him sometimes like the clo- closed doors matches you could hear him barking 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 all the time he's in people's faces people don't like him because he's he's playing for England against Ireland and that's fair enough but he lived in Ireland you know, between Sar- Saracens and England Like he he haunted Ireland for about three or four years there and in this game you know the game that turned the series around um, for the Lions. You know, like oh nine, except for they got the job done this time. Um, he was just phenomenal, and he, he gives away a lot of penalties. Frustrates people. He was he, he he made he wasn't perfect by any means, but he lived on the edge. And by the end, the entire stand was singing "Omaro Toje" to the sound of Seven Nation Army. It's not right, not very original, but it was pretty. <laughs> it was pretty effective, and um, he was. He was brilliant that day, and again two years later, he backed it up against New Zealand again on the, arguably a bigger game for England than a World Cup semi-final. He was he was phenomenal. There's a there's a trend there, like Carney being
2: 23 in that year uh, with the Lions. Etoge, the youngest member of the squad, I'm just reading there. Mm. And he was 22 at the time. Like the the obliviousness of youth in some ways, when it comes to the Lions, probably Etoge and Carney in those instances didn't didn't think about the the weight of the occasion. It was clearly just go for it and enjoy yourself
1: no and he's a deep thinker atoja he's he's he comes across quite arrogant sometimes when he's when he's doing interviews and things but when he sits down and does a, a proper sit-down interview he, he comes across as a really intelligent um, He there's he more to life than rugby kind of mm. figure um, but when he gets out there he's an incredible competitor.
0: It does seem strange that Eddie Jones had that weird pop in his book about him not being captain material and he said, "I'm like well, would you not just make him captain and see what
1: happens? I've always thought that he's like a really obvious choice for captain. No, I've never been in a dressing room with him but he he's so he's so important to every team that he's in he he is the alpha in the room and maybe he's not great at making speeches and, and Jones had a go at Emirati Kanu as well so maybe he doesn't like players who court the limelight away from their sport and that's part of it as well but I mean Eddie courts the limelight away from his sport uh, I mean, quite a bit so also it's,
0: getting, they've got Eddie two jobs like yeah
1: well two <laughs> he's got about ten and you know and he, and he, I suppose part of what he does in the media is to take the pressure away from the players and he wants the players to focus on the job but like he's never a let him down. His, um, like even when they were going really... like England go boom and bust quite a lot. Yeah, Even when they're terrible, I think is still brilliant. And sometimes he pushes, especially when Saracen's got relegated, he pushes it and he's trying to do things he, he's not able to do because he hasn't been playing at the highest level. But he's still... He'd be the first name on my team sheet. He'd be my captain in any team I'm in. And on that day, he yeah. was just... Um, he was first to everything you know it was a day it was a day for it was it was a it was a difficult night in Wellington a difficult stadium to play in Lions were 1-0 down after being fairly bullied in the first test and they did fight their way back into it with that magnificent try that Sean O'Brien finished off they were the hammered
0: break. for about Sixty minutes in the first test,
1: a bit like O'Neill, which happened the same, the same way, and they finished strong and and they scored that try from the end of the world. Liam Williams started it under his own, you know, in his own twenty-two, and O'Brien finished it off brilliantly. Um, but in this game, Murray actually scores a try in it. Uh, I think, uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, or maybe it was all kicks. Maybe Murray scored a try in the first in the first test. I'm getting confused. But Etoge is. His, his work in tight, his mall work, his, his work in the air was, was phenomenal. He was ripping balls off lads. He was in lads' faces. Like, you're playing against the world champions at the time. It was before the their best. sheen was gone. And oh, they were at and their their starting best. to decline. No, I think they were starting to decline. They were at their best at the World Cup final in 2015. They were starting to come back to the pack, but no one realised it yet. Mm. But he could see that there was weakness there. And he was up against the Vitalik White and Whitelock. And he was like, I don't care <laughs> who you are. <laughs> I'm just going to bully you. I'm 22... The best player on this pitch, and he was, you know, there's no even like the, the the O'Connell line breaks and stuff. There's no great moment where he where he bursts through or he shines. Light. I watched highlights of him this, uh, again last night, and like they're all nuts and bolts things. But he doesn't so I, well. I
0: hear it's like a. Maro, I controversial performance, and it's like four minutes of him tackling and not being pushed back at any stage, not taking getting in people's steps.
1: faces. He's, yeah, the dominant tackle stat that arrived two years later when he was brilliant again in Dublin in that 19 game where England derailed Ireland's entire project under Joe Schmidt. Like he was great. That's another day you could have picked for him or Toa Lagi. You know that was that was a magnificent individual performance as well. When when Atoge is good, he's He's, he's he's enthralling to watch and he dominates fixtures in a way that I, I've never seen any other rugby player do I, I did see Lomu live once in Dublin but it was towards the end of his career um, I'm sure if I'd seen Lomu in 95 I'd feel the same way about him but again it's a team very much a team game it's very all about cohesion and all that sort of stuff and how the parts interlink Sometimes one player just rises above it and is 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 so much, is so dominant that you can just tell that he's a special player. Well, I know like throwing numbers of people doesn't sometimes
2: paint the best of pictures, but on that Lions tour, just reading here, Atoje made 49 tackles on the tour, 45 carries, three turnovers, 12 line-out wins, and a steal. Like that's sheer dominance by
1: any by any stretch. Yeah, and and, and that tour was hard because the, they you know they played against good teams every week, and you know he was part of a. Gatland got it pretty right in that one. They played against the they played the first team against the Crusaders, against the Maori, and then against in the in the test mm-hmm. test series. So he didn't play any against any bad teams on that tour. Um it was a really good like the line. I mean Lions is always, obviously a good team, but that Lions team I think when you look at the names in the paper it was pretty you know, Pete Johnny Sexton, although he was coming into he, he played his way into form, Sexton Farrell playing together, it was you know, they should they should potentially have won the series under it, you know, Sean O'Brien was very critical of Gatlin at the end of it and predictor Rob Howley's attacking strategy. Um You'd have to agree with him, but I suppose Gatlin can say, Look, I drew a series in New Zealand. Yeah. Not, you know, that's, that's a pretty good achievement. Yeah,
0: Gatlin had uh, plenty to fight back with as he took the stuff out of his pocket that night. We had him over and um, we realised that the beef was real. Um <laughs> I, I like in my head Rocky Elsom had a kind of similar impact on Leinster that one season Yeah, but like I don't know if he actually dominated games so much as had big moments in three games in a row yeah America. actually like, again
1: like you know now that you say it like that 9 semi-final against Munster Elson was phenomenal that day um, at Croke Park I was on Hill 16 so you know I probably wasn't in the greatest place to analyse the game Yeah, um, probably had a couple of points as well because at that point I hadn't become a working journalist so I was enjoying myself but uh yeah, Elson had at time, you time know, some great performances um, and yeah single-handedly not single-handedly because that was a good team but they needed someone like that who just didn't give a damn
0: to come yeah. along well, without funny. the baggage of history and, and, and just And Conor Murray did rock the same star. in that Ireland performance it's like that level of that, those performances where you get over the line for the first time I think always have more resonance for for fans um, mm. and I suspect for the players who are involved as well. Yeah,
1: no definitely I mean that's the there's only, you can only make history once, you know. Like that team in Chicago and that '09 team will always be the the, the team that, that broke the duck, and and no one can take that away from them. Even though, you know, I'm sure they're looking at every time Ireland beat New Zealand, their 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 chance at gala dinners and stuff is diminishing. I mean, some of them have beaten them loads of times. sexton has been on the pitch for every one of them, and Murray has. Well, Murray missed one of them, but he's been there for most of them as well. Yeah. I hadn't
2: realised until the
1: most recent Lions tour
2: the tradition of giving the, the mascot the little lion to the to the youngest. Yeah, member the squads well, Obviously, that would have been a toge in that year. But it's something that they should keep going. I think that's that's a it's a nice little tradition to to let the youngest know that they're
1: yeah. They're still I the like youngest. the Lions. lines is weird because whenever I go on it, I think it's a magnificent thing. And then I watched the last one from afar. I Covered it from afar, and like the Sky Sports stuff, just great on me. And like a lot of the hype around it and the immortality beckons stuff um, can be can wear people quite thin quite quickly but when you're there and you see the legion of fans who come over and what it means to the players and like just the calibre of the games um, and yeah those things like, I think in terms of squad building like Again, the '97 documentary built, I think, is what the modern lines is built on, and that's the kind of thing that they were doing. And they're basically all copying that. And it yeah. is, it is, like because they tried hide it on him. I said they weren't doing too much messing on the Toje though. Like you can bully. Lee Happany was the half, he was the, the the youngest player in '09. Like you know, he was tiny and young and quite callow looking. Whereas like you're not going to be hiding them, doing much to a Toje to kind of <laughs> uh,
0: to catch him out. Like he's terrifying. He will come for you for yeah. sure. Uh, right, that is this week. You had to be there with Roy O'Connor. Good stuff. Thanks man. So unexpected. You had to be there. Covering Celtic at that time was a brilliant thing. The atmosphere at Parkhead was always great. You had to be there. Nobody ever talks about this game. Nobody saw it. No, you had to be there. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs razor with exfoliating bar.